0: joining me today on the Seacoast Sports Forum. We have a special guest and certainly a good friend of our show. It's the Associate Athletic Director for Marketing and Communications, Mike Murphy, uh, working from home in Concord today. And uh, I'm sure, Mike, heading over to Durham soon, you're going to have a busy day today.
1: Thank you for having me back on. And always great to be on the Sports Forum. Yeah, all the days are busy now. And I think it's the first time I was on this show. And we weren't very busy. We're stuck at home. Now I'm at home for some hours and then I'm happy to go to campus when everything was put on pause and all the fall sports were postponed to the spring. And right now
0: it's all coming together with the sports. Can you give us a a quick pandemic update on what the status of, as far as uh, fans coming over to Durham, are they going to be allowed? Uh, What's the status there? Well, the short answer is no.
1: A couple of weeks ago, The university, when when the kids came back to campus, the college students returned, classes started February 1st, and President Jim Dean, along with the Chief Paul Dean, and administration really wanted to, there was a rally to try to get up to 500 students at a Wildcat hockey game. And we were within two days of that happening. Tickets were being distributed, everything digitally. There was no physical tickets, and the, the building would be marked with social distance, everyone wearing masks. This has been the situation all year. But then there was an uptick in cases. And so the campus went from the yellow mode, which is cautious, to orange mode, which was, okay, let's remove in-person classes, no large gatherings. So the idea of students coming to the game was scrapped. Fast forward to now, with these sports coming up, the decision for the safety of everyone, no spectators. just have to make sure we get the essential personnel in, get games going on. Has it been determined for the rest of time? No. You know, I'm always hopeful Sam, that sure. maybe the students can come to some games. That's where it, I think, I believe it starts and ends with the UNH students. If we can get to a point where we're back in yellow, we're moving back closer to green, fewer positive COVID cases on campus with outdoor sports, the soccers, football, and let's see if we can get them. some events, but we're not there yet. We're just hopeful.
0: Mike, before we start talking about some specific teams and uh, how they're doing and uh, going into their their spring season or their their fall season that's been moved to the spring, how can fans access video or uh, media of their favorite teams? Yeah, that's a good question. I I think
1: that's one of the bright spots is that with the way technology works now, and this especially means families who's Student athletes are from different parts of the country, sometimes the world. But if you've been following our basketball teams, ESPN plus ESPN three, every game in America East, if you're following our hockey teams, either on Nesson or Nesson Plus and the games that are not on television have been available on what's called college sports live. It's digital. It's free. It's the kind of streaming service you can watch on your phone or smart TV and then our other sports, volleyball, field hockey, soccers, AmericaEast.TV. Again, digital with the way technology works nowadays. You can watch it on the big screen. Sure. Just putting it up there. And then the football team is on something called Flow Football. And Flow is, is a paid subscription. It's an annual or monthly subscription. It gives you all the CAA football games, all the CAA sports in general. You know, the reason, for those who don't follow us closely, UNH is in a number of different leagues. So it complicates things only a little bit, right? If we were only America East, our events would all be in these ESPN platforms. If we were only hockey East, it'd be these college sports live productions. Mm. If we we're only in the CAA, it'd be flow, but because our different sports are in different leagues, there's always a different way to watch gymnastics is on YouTube, for instance, but from the football side, we're very proud and excited that for the third year in a row, Every home game, and there's only three for the spring season, but every home game will be broadcast on NBC Sports Boston, which is huge for people who are traditional TV watchers like I am. You watch the Celtics, you watch the Revolution,
0: you watch UNH football. That's great. That's great. So uh, did I read something on the UNH website about a virtual ticket membership? Yes. So the virtual memberships, and we talk about this internally, Sam, There's some
1: things about the pandemic that won't go away and in a good way. Zooms, these behind the scenes type access, the fact that you and I are here talking face to face and it's become old hat. Well, we've done this where before a game, we've set up a a big screen in the gym where parents, family members could all log in and watch the team warm up. The athletes would come over, say hi to mom and dad to head to the locker room. We've done this with hockey, done this with basketball, gymnastics, well-received. So then on top of that, to give people some behind-the-scenes access, we've done some question and answers with some student-athletes via Zoom or the head coach, and whether it's Bill Harry in men's basketball or Coach McDonald in football, Mike Sousa hockey. These have been well-received as well. So it gives people the access that in the past we never would have thought of, to be honest with you. I didn't know what Zoom was about a year ago. So the virtual membership, there's cat cutouts, which you've seen this at every sport by now you can purchase a cardboard cutout. My mother-in-law got one for me. So <laughs> I'm sitting in the Whittemore center uh, at every game. And then at the end, you know, we do a fan of the game. So you'll zoom in and talk about the, the person who is traditionally a season ticket holder, how we miss them, how long they've been a fan, come on back. So between like virtual fi- high fives before a game or the behind the scenes access interviews, We've had some fans come on the, the Wildcast, which is our new – Still, it's only 13 episodes in, so I still say it's new. It's our, our podcast. So these sorts of things that are added value when we sure. can't allow people in. And it's important to say, it's not just UNH Athletics saying, no, you can't come to games. We're following state guidelines, university guidelines, and making safety the number one priority. So while I understand there's frustrations in some sense, I think by and large people understand – the rationale behind
0: these decisions. Well, let's move away from the pandemic stuff for now, and let's talk a little sports. Uh, first of all, let's, let's talk about some of the sports that are going on right now and uh, heading into tournament time. Uh, let's start off with men's and women's basketball. What's the status there? Well, we talked a little bit about how good a season it's been for the men's team,
1: the number three seed, and it's been pretty special to, to watch this team. You know, when the year began, the best player on the team was Sean Sutherland. Unfortunately, injury took him out before he could even play a game. And yet this team was so deep, it's been able to offset injuries. The America East just announced its conference awards. And Jaden Martinez, just a terrific player. Probably the best player of every sport we've had on campus this year Mm. so far. Uh, He was named to the all-conference first team. First time we've had one of those since Tanner Leisner three years ago. Nick Johnson was named Rookie of the Year. First time we've had one of those since Tanner Leisner in 2015. And, again, that number three seed, last time the seed was this high, you had guys named Matt and Scott Drapo playing here in 1995, and people remember what that was like. So this would be a time where Lundholm Gym was packed for basketball if we could allow it. We can't. So the Cat Cutouts have watched a really special, fun team, and hopefully they make a run in this tournament.
0: How about on the women's side?
1: Women's side, Kelsey Hogan in her first year has had a team that's battled their way. So Maine is the number one team in the tournament for women. UNH beat Maine once this year. So the Wildcats have been feisty. They've fought. Their seed is down away, so they have to go win at Albany as the five seed. If they beat Albany, they move into the semifinals next week against uh, probably Maine. They reseed depending on who wins these games, but the tournament has would traditionally be over four days. You all go to one site, let's bang it out. Or even in recent years, there might be a Saturday game followed by a Wednesday game, followed by a Friday. Now. Because of COVID-19 and travel restrictions and safety precautions, it's spread out over a three-week span. So we're hoping basketball doesn't end this week. We're hoping this just continues,
0: uh, survive and in advance into March Madness. Let's go on the ice now. Talk about men's and women's ice hockey. What's the status there? Yeah, women's hockey against Holy Cross,
1: opening round of the Hockey East playoffs, hoping to win and move on to the semis. It's, it's one and done, as they – you know, for a while there, people didn't know if there'd be a season. So, hockey's commissioner, Steve Metcalf, friend of UNH, longtime employee, grad, in his first year as a commissioner. It's been one of those uh, almost like open up the curtain and find out who the opponent is. So, every Tuesday is when you find out A, if you're playing, okay. B, who you're playing, C, right. when you're playing. So, it's been a little bit intriguing. It, right. I think it's frustrating for those who like to plan ahead, but. It's been a little bit of uh, more conversation, if you will, because of that. So in this particular week, the men's team is on a bye. And then there's another week of regular season hockey. We don't know who they're playing against, but everyone will qualify for the Hockey East Tournament, which will start single elimination in early March. Uh, the seedings aren't great for the, the men or the women. The men, women did get a home game, as I said. But after that, they'd still have a couple more rounds. So we'll see. It's, and if it can happen once you get to
0: the playoffs. How about uh, sports like uh, swimming and diving, things like that, Uh, skiing? uh, Did those go on as planned? Yes. As a matter of fact, skiing is going to host the NCAA championships.
1: Uh, This was a late decision. Middlebury College was going to host the championships because every year they try to alternate. Eastern school, Western school. Well, Middlebury is not competing in college athletics this season they're not division one across the board the school made that decision mm-hmm. and so the NCAA needed a uh, site so between March 10th and 13th over four days at Cannon Mountain Midtersill and Jackson New Hampshire and Jackson XC we're hosting so the best mm-hmm. skiers in college will be coming to the Granite State for that event there's no fans limited spectators to essential personnel but that's Are been great Stia? to see I'm with- not
0: <laughs> I am not <laughs> I wanted to know whether you're just in the chairlift or in the lodge. (laughs) B, definitely B. Lodge or
1: the Omni, Mount Washington. I I, I do show up and shiver, and I respect the heck out of uh, Corey Schwartz and Brian Blank who coached this. But I always think of the ski team, and I know you want to go away from the pandemic. I always think of the ski team when I think of the pandemic, though, because they literally were in the middle of last year's championships when they were told to stop. It was day two of four days out in – I think it was Bozeman, Montana, and that's it. Everybody come home, and that's when things were shut down. So now that we're here, and they're going to be in the Granite State for the championships, it, it's nice to see.
0: Can you believe it's a year? Yeah, sometimes I can't. Um, <laughs> as you ask, no, I really can't. I mean, I, I think about the first week of March, and I think about, you know, the announcement when the, the NBA team walked off the, walked off the court, and then, you know, a couple of days later, the NCAA – March Madness got canceled, and I said, "Wow, this is a lot bigger than I thought." And uh, we we really are uh, we really have have negotiated, I guess, a, a full year. I guess we've had to negotiate a lot of stuff. And it's been
1: stops, it's been starts, it's been different for teams. You know, some sports it's been less disruptive than others, but even swimming and diving got underway last week. Great to see them. Anna Metzler, who's from Germany, one of the best swimmers we've ever had set two pool records the first weekend against Vermont. So I just love seeing the teams compete, Sam. Uh, I, you know, the fact that I'm going to campus today to watch this playoff hockey game, I'm thrilled. Sure. Yesterday sure. I was there and the weather was nice, and I watched our women's soccer team get a five to one win. Uh, this is why I have this job, and, and it's been the, that year that we talked about that went by sort of fast, sort of slow. There are a lot of times where I, I forgot where I worked because it wasn't the same.
0: When you mention soccer and things like that, I bring up Jake Gould from Exeter, who's a a member of the soccer team. Um, Refresh our memory now with the pandemic. Everybody else gets everybody gets another year of eligibility. Is that how that rule works? You are. Yes, by definition, if you're a senior this year, you
1: can be a senior again next year. So on and so forth. But it can be complicated. You know, ultimately, it's up to the institutions, the student athletes and the coaches of these respective programs because you sure. think about those high school seniors coming to college and you think about how many scholarships you have and right. you think about where the student, you know, if you weren't planning on staying an extra year to study for your master's, maybe you had a job lined up. Right. So you don't know. Um, and now they, you know, there were some situations where, and the men's basketball team, there were two players who by old rules would have had to sit out this year as transfers, Quan Murphy, and Taylor Matos, who's from Kearsarge Regional, well, uh, early in the season, the NCAA set a blanket waiver to say everybody's eligible now. Okay. And now you can also transfer without being forced to sit out next year. So, it's a, so I hate to say it's like free agency, but in a sense it is. And so, you know, I, Josh Bauer from the men's soccer team, I'll use him as an example. He would have played if we had a fall season, but when it became a spring season, he opted out because he was drafted. He's going to the to MLS to play for Atlanta. Okay. So, yeah. Mark Hubbard sure. would love to have a New Hampshire kid playing, sure. but in some cases, circumstances dictate otherwise. So while I know Amanda Torres in women's basketball has said she plans coming back next year, I'm sure there's a number of those athletes who will come back next year. Yes. But I think the
0: landscape will change. It's not going to be automatic. On the soccer side, what's their season going to look like? Are they playing six games, eight games, ten games?
1: Yeah, men's soccer, they open up on the road. Uh, UMass Lowell is on the schedule, so the weather looks pretty good for a Friday afternoon game. At home, I think there are four games. The season's supposed to wrap up April 9th. It's all conference only. Um, Actually, there's one non-conference against Northeastern, so the first game would be Friday, March 5th at Wildcat Stadium. So um, that team, which has been so good, NCAA tournament appearances last three years, America East championships. Great to see them get a chance to play again this season. And soccer is one of those sports, Sam, where, you know, internationally, they play fall, they play Mm -hmm. winter, they play through spring. So uh, even though it might be pretty cold out there for these fall athletes, soccer with a number of international kids may be more apt to be prepared for it than the football kids say, who are going to be ramping up for the first time in
0: a long time. It is weird looking at the pictures on Twitter or on on, uh, UNH.edu on the website of snowbanks in the background at Wildcat Stadium, but uh, they won't be there that long. So uh, let's move on. Let's move on to football uh, because that's – Sherm and I uh, certainly are involved in Wildcat football, and uh, we've got the opener coming up against the University of Albany. Yes,
1: Friday night football, 7 o'clock prime time. So the fact that that one's on NBC sports, Boston, as we said before, hoping for a huge audience, can't have a huge crowd as we've described, but uh, as the weather gets better, we'll see And knock on wood. Maybe some students come to games, but it's, it's going to be a sprint. You know, this is not the long season you're used to. There's only six games, three home games. Two of them are in March. So after Mm -hmm. Albany, there's a bye week Then Delaware comes in for March 20th, two road games at Villanova at Rhode Island, the home finale is April 10th against Stony Brook. And then the finale for the Bryce Cowell Musket is at Maine, Alphonse Stadium on April 17th. And it was only this week, Sam, where the University of Maine finally announced they could have home events. Oh, okay. there, had been, there had been no sports, like no hockey games had in been held. Maine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I should say basketball had some, but there was no hockey at all because they're, they're limiting the amount of people to like 50 or less in the building. So okay. Clearly, only b- basketball is the only sport that was permitted. But now, uh, for football season, Maine will have fans. Or not fans uh, so much, as they'll have games.
0: Give us a little update on uh, the Wildcat roster. I'll start with the head coach, Sam. You Come know, he, back. <laughs> yeah,
1: right? Isn't it funny because, and, I, and I'll get to the roster too, but we, we picture how oh, Sean McDonald's back. He missed the year coming back from cancer. He's been here a year. So you he, he have to remind him that people are going to be asking about his return. because. Mm-hmm. To you. if you've been anywhere for a year, you don't feel like this is new or it right. feels different, but Ricky right. Santos moved back to associate head coach and coach back is back better than ever. And you got max Brosmer at quarterback who really came into his own as a red shirt freshman. And now he's got the whole off season under his belt. Ready to come back. Carlos Washington and Dylan Lauby terrific one, two punch at running back. A lot of good offensive linemen are back led by Matt Masia, Osho Omoyeni, and a number of others My wide receiver, Brian Espinette, another year mm-hmm. older, uh, Sean Coyne has returned defensively, Evan Horn, the heart and soul best overall player on the team. Evan is one of those players who at one point put his name in the transfer portal, didn't find another situation of his liking and asked coach Mack if he could come back, ask the team, if they can come back. They said, absolutely. So mm-hmm. Evan Horn, a fifth year senior will, will lead things on defense, but, Ryan Carter's huge up front. You know The youth at linebacker, I expect to, names that people aren't as familiar with, but guys like Ole Manzik, who showed some oh. big signs last year. It was yeah. Williams, Before he got hurt, was playing a lot. In the New Hampshire defense, those linebackers tend to be the playmakers as you have the 4-2-5. So you have an extra defensive back, but those two linebackers, those are the guys who tend to be more dynamic. And I don't, I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, Sam, but Playing against only North Division teams, a lot of experience back, and a hungry team that went from making the playoffs every year from 2004 to 2017 to being out the last two years, including by one game last year.
0: It's a hungry team, and I I think they're ready to go. Certainly in the uh, Colonial Athletic Association, uh, it probably starts and ends with uh, James Madison in your viewpoint. Yeah, until somebody beats them, you have to give JMU – the benefit of
1: the doubt, but it's the way it works. Now the Southern schools that are playing will play each other twice. It's JMU, it's Elon, it's William and Mary. Uh, Towson has, has axed out. So they're not in the mix. So Richmond's the fourth team. And in the North, I, I read the whole schedule, Stony Brook, sure. Rhode Island, Albany. So Villanova, Delaware, they're kind of, they were grouped into the North. So we'll see them, but JMU we'll see maybe a playoffs, the playoff field, which is traditionally 24 teams, is only at 16 now so it will be tougher to get in because some schools did play in the fall most fcs schools playing in the spring and i'll be excited sam i mean you and i follow this level of football we realize how strong a level it is but i think nationwide people will be watching this level of football for the first time because there's not competition from the fbs schools
0: and, and following following the regular season, will they follow a traditional playoff format?
1: Yes, yeah, 16-team field, single elimination. So the playoffs will start uh, right there in late April. The national championship game, so April 24th will be first weekend of playoffs. And don't let Coach Max say we're talking playoffs. But the national <laughs> championship game will be May 16th, right around graduation time. Can you sure. imagine playing for still, a
0: football Still in Frisco, Texas? Yes. have you ever been to frisco texas i actually have Uh, okay (laughs) i I went the
1: first time the national championship game moved there not because unh was there as a team but -hmm. it was north dakota state which wins almost every year now first time north dakota state had made it sam houston state was the opponent and the reason i was there is because matt evans hall of fame linebacker all-time leading tackler in unh history was receiving the buck buchanan award as the national defensive player of the year. And so Matt flew down, Coach Mack flew down, and I flew down. So I had exclusive time with those guys. Jerry Rice was there. Matt got a chance and his family got a chance to meet Jerry, who was extremely cordial. I got to mention, oh yeah, I know the guy who broke your record, David Ball. David, David Ball. He laughed yes. it off. Because yeah. the Jerry Rice Award goes to the the best of rookie in, in college football. So that one year everything happened and it was it was neat. It's a soccer stadium. So it's smaller. Okay. And, uh, but the crowd, I found out what North Dakota State was all about. They introduced themselves to the world because even though Sam Houston State was a Texas school, green and gold was everywhere. And mm-hmm. they were, they had the home field advantage. So I've had mm-hmm. a, we've, we've had a chance to play them twice now in the playoffs.
0: And uh, yeah, <laughs> they're legit. How's the spirit in the field house going into the spring?
1: Oh, all time high. I shouldn't say all time high because who knows, but. There's such, there's trepidation sometimes, but it's so different to go outside now and see, you look at this field, oh, the men's soccer team's practicing. Look at this field. Oh, good, the field hockey team. Oh, there's football going out. Oh, the cross is getting ready to come in. Having them all, the athletes back, and having them competing again, you, you can't really put a price tag on that. It's been fantastic. And yes, we understand there's still a pandemic. We're still wearing masks. We can't go near each other. There's different tiers. We're testing every week. So that stuff you put aside when you get to see competition again, uh, which is a, a sign of hopefully of positive days to come.
0: You're probably spending a lot of time planning for the fall right now. Uh,
1: yes and no. We talk about the fall and we want to plan, but because we're kind of playing whack-a-mole with all these events still happening, we're not quite where we normally would be in our planning head stage. And that's okay. Cause we will be, the the big thing for us from a planning standpoint is getting the 2021 football season, the fall version, not the one we've been talking about, but opening game September 11th, when Towson comes in, getting fans back homecoming weekend, which will be James Madison, by the way, Uh October 2nd. So that's what we want to get to is the fall and letting fans back in and having it be a return to normal. So we're going to plan that way. You have to, get ready to entertain fans, show them that it's worth coming back. We're going to be using safety as our number one priority, but we, people want things to do, Sam. And uh, we think that coming to UNH to watch our, our football programs. And then when the hockeys and basketballs and gymnastics get going again, by then we hope that indoor sports can be viewed as well. And when it's time, we want to be
0: prepared. Let's move on to you personally, Mike. Uh, I read on your website that you just got a promotion and now you're the Associate Athletic Director for Marketing and Communications. How does your role at the university change with that?
1: It's the Peter Principle at work. Uh, You will be promoted (laughs) to the level of incompetence. But no, I'm I'm excited about it because it goes back to what we were just saying. You know, John Danis, my boss, Marty Scarano, our athletic director, are giving me the opportunity to do something different Now people, if I don't know what I even do there to begin with, you see me doing some things. I I broadcast some hockey on TV and radio, which I love. I broadcast football on TV, which I love, but I've traditionally been the communication. So interviews, coordinating press conferences, credentials, and you know, the game notes and stats, things like that. Well, by doing more marketing, it's what I said. We want people coming to our venues. We want to create the atmosphere. That's the most exciting entertainment for families. We want UNH students getting that school spirit back. And so I I plan on being involved in a lot of that, you know, how do we get people to come back and what do we do when they're there that, yes, I want the teams to win. I'm cheering for them, but we give them the experience. Otherwise, make sure your hot dogs, not cold, make sure your ticket works. Somebody smiles at you when you go to sit in your seat and and those sorts of things. At the same time, working with our coaches uh, on fun promotions that the teams want to do, So I'm looking forward to, you know, leaving the comfort zone is the cliche and trying something different. But most importantly for me, still being at UNH to have this professional chance.
0: Well, you know, I I get a lot of my information about UNH sports uh, from social media. And uh, you guys do a great job in getting out uh, a lot of information about teams and pictures of the students and short videos of the games and things like that. I guess that's what you need to do these days. Uh, that is so true. And we have a great team that has
1: the knowledge of social media. And we have, say, a fleet of interns. This year, we had about 50 interns between marketing and communications. And they're the ones who understand Snapchat and Instagram stories and Facebook. Great. So we're empowering them to really help us appeal to that demographic but it's good to see that somebody who's young at heart like yourself sam understands social media as well because these things never go far from us and whether it's facebook or twitter people are constantly hungering for information and it's not you're right the the long game recap story that i grew up reading in the paper or looking for the stats that stuff's available all the time give me highlights within an hour after a game is over give me coaches comments Uh, Let's find out more about a student athlete, where they're from, their favorite things. So trying to stay on top of that is a young person's game. And uh, I'm lucky to have a good team around
0: me and following these trends to stay relevant. Well, Mike, let's wrap up uh, certainly by just letting everybody know that there are ways digitally to take a look at Wildcat teams, Uh, go to uh, UNH wildcats.com or unh.edu which is the best one
1: well i have nothing against unh.edu because that's a great website to get <laughs> the overview of the university yeah. um but for athletics purposes unhwildcats.com is our official website all the schedules are there something people always they don't i don't want to say they take for granted if we're on the road we still being unhwildcats.com we will provide the link how you watch games okay. everywhere you don't have right. to go chasing them down by going to Stony Brook's website or Maine's website, nothing against them, but we want to be the one-stop shop for everything okay. UNH and our social media links are there. You can get to Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well, but UNH wildcats.com a great hub for most of what you need. And feel free to reach out to me if there's something you, you need that you're not getting. My email is Murphy at UNH.edu. We miss the people of the Seacoast Sports Forum being able to come to games, but We're closer than ever to getting everybody back.
0: Special thanks to our guest, Mike Murphy, the Associate Athletic Director for Marketing and Communications for the UNH Wildcats. Be sure to subscribe to the Seco Sports Forum for future episodes and follow the Seco Sports Forum team behind the scenes on our Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube pages. And we'd love to hear your comments. Send them to the Seco Sports Forum at yahoo.com. This is Sherm Chester inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seco Sports Forum.